0: Oh, intermission. No,
1: it's halftime. McDaniel will end it in style. Arkansas and in hog heaven. They've won the first ever
2: national championship.
3: Still missing your free throws, West? Who cares? They don't show free throws in Center. Here's Washington.
2: On the drive.
3: I don't know if they'll make any change, but I figure it's time for me to start playing ball. And they do it in stunning fashion. Over the number two team in the country. Fact is, I missed a shot. I walk away. I'm still a chump.
2: You're listening to the Halftime Podcast. So we'll get right into it. I mean, we already know that Justice Hill wants to play football. Uh, We didn't know necessarily when he would join spring practice. Looks like it'll be a couple of weeks after the start of practice beginning uh, once you get after spring break, so it'll be about two weeks from right now, uh, the question, that the thing that was more interesting about when he's going to start practicing is what position he's going to play, or at least that that's the main question, what position will Justice Hill uh, attempt to play at Arkansas? And it did sound like Coach Morris is uh, kind of going to leave it up to him or at least have a conversation with him as to what position he feels he might have the most uh, ability at or most uh, chance to make an impact at. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's play some of that sound about Justice Hill joining Arkansas spring football after spring break.
1: You know, obviously we're going to get to the point of when he'll be out. We'll, we'll wait and see on all that. I've met with him, uh, talked with him, and um, it'll be at the position that that he feels that uh, and that we both feel that he can contribute. Um, I've left it up to him. He wants to come out and and uh, um whether it's corner wide receiver quarterback running back whatever it may be we know he's a he's a he's an athlete that's had a lot of success won a state championship and again anytime you can have a a guy on your team like that we're excited about so now the thing is i would anticipate him is probably going to be um right before spring break before he gets out
3: where do you want to see him at phil what position if he's to play football
2: it's interesting too, but you know, it's funny sometimes. I didn't I didn't realize until a few years ago. You'll see every once in a while on a collegiate roster, uh, instead of a position, they'll they'll list him as an ATH, uh, an athlete, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Justice Hill sounds like. Which kind of to me is like a utility player in baseball, a guy that can play every position, and it seems like Justice may be uh, that kind of of a football player he's an athlete and might make an impact in a couple of areas but of course you're only going to play on one side of the ball I wonder about his ability to be a quarterback in the college ranks just because of the size and the competition he'll be up against as a freshman I mean if you're looking to make an impact early in your career uh, I don't know I mean maybe maybe you're looking wide receiver is going to be a tough position to break through with all of the kids that are in on the incoming class that already have been playing that position for a long time and are battling for playing time there running back would be interesting we already we now know that there's one less running back uh, in uh, in the room uh, than there was uh, at the end of last season uh, so maybe running back would be a position too although again on the other hand I mean at that at that size how often are you going to be able to sustain those hits the idea of justice being a safety or a cornerback. Would be very interesting with the speed that he's got. I don't know about his ability to deliver hits, uh, but that might be an area where, uh, where, where he might he, he may be able to do it. Now, I mean, football is one of those sports where, if you are fast, if you got a pair of hands, uh, and and a, and just a feel for the game, they're gonna they'll they'll try to find a spot for you. But it sounds sounds to me like it's kind of up to Justice Hill, at least.
3: How can, often do you hear that?
2: Exactly. That's how often you can you can tell that that Chad Morris wants Justice Hill on the program because of his athletic ability, because of that speed. Uh, So, again, I don't necessarily know if he's leaving it up to Justice, but it sounds like there'll be a conversation between the two of them to figure out where uh, he would fit in best. You will notice, though, Coach Morris didn't say anything about a conversation between he and Mike Anderson. I've felt like there's been a disconnect between the two coaches. Uh, I don't know what sort of relationship they've built or if they've built any kind of relationship in the time that uh, Chad's been the head coach. Now, uh, well over a year. Uh, But, uh, hey, you know, Dave Van Horn and Chad Morris have a pretty open conversation about where Connor Nolan fits into the two programs. And maybe part of it is because, I mean, you've, you've been in the middle of basketball season For the regular season, and and Mike Anderson's worried about coaching his team right now and and Justice Hill right now, although he's part of the team, he's sort of quasi-part of the team because he's just practicing and not playing. I do wonder, sooner or later, Mike Anderson's got to join in the conversation. This just can't be something between Chad Morris and Justice Hill, unless Justice just decides to give up basketball and go the football route, and then, you know, I guess at that point you leave Mike Anderson out of it. Uh, But that is the halftime poll question. What position do you think Justice Hill will play? I, I guess I, with that sort of ability, you want him to have the ball in his hands. Don't you think? Don't you think you want him to be able to run in open space? And even as a quarterback, you'd like him to get out there in open space as a dual threat. But as a wide receiver, maybe as a, as, a, as a slot guy, I mean, you might have some opportunities to get over the middle and, and have a hole and, and, and break it open. But he does seem like the, the sort of kid that you want to have the ball in his hands.
3: Yeah, I think like a slot type of receiver role, running jet sweeps, maybe sparingly at the running back position. You could run him certain quarterback packages. But, Phil, I agree 100%. This guy is, a, is one of the most dynamic players in the last few years in Arkansas high school football. So I don't. if he is going to go out for football, yes, he could potentially be a decent defensive back. But I think when you just watch his film, if you're Chad Morris and the rest of that offensive coaching staff, you got to try and persuade him to play on the offensive side of the football. Now, when you center it down and when you narrow it down to which specific position, whether it's quarterback, running back, or wide receiver, then it gets a little dicier. But I think you have to hope that he decides on the offensive side of the football because you don't just have – there's not many gamers out there. It's not like, we've stressed this several times, Arkansas has not had a playmaker, like a just stud at wide receiver running back, and they've had some good running backs, but it's not like they just had breakaway speed or anything. So if you get this guy, and if he uh, elects to play on the offensive side of the football, hopefully what he did in high school, it's not going to translate right away, but hopefully you can get some of that dynamite highlight reel that you got in high school and maybe add that eventually to the collegiate level. But, again, Phil, you know how hard it is to go from high school football into the Southeastern Conference.
2: That's exactly what he's trying to do. So uh, other topics that Chad Morris brought up, uh, he gave an update on, uh, on Connor Nolan. And th- this is also where you feel that disconnect between uh, the football coaching staff and basketball coaching staff because Chad Morris didn't really talk about where justice fits into basketball. He did talk about where Connor Nolan fits into baseball, and even his excitement level at watching Connor have uh, the little bit of success that he's had in the two games he's pitched for Arkansas. Doesn't have a win, but he's pitched well enough to make you think that he might have an impact moving forward for Dave Van Horn's team. But here's Chad Morris with an update on Connor Nolan and really where he's going to fit into the football program for this spring practice.
1: I'm sure he'll be here Tuesday. You know, I would anticipate we may have him here Friday. But how, how about that guy? I mean, I, I, you know, what a, what a heck of a start that not just him but our entire baseball team. And uh, that's, it's, it's impressive to watch him. And, and uh, so I'm excited about him.
3: I like when coaches across Arkansas. Neighbors is really good about doing this. You have other coaches the same way, but when they attend other sporting events, I think that's cool, and yeah. he got a chance to see him play. And I know that Bubba's talked about this. I know that Scott Tabor's talked about this. I know we've had other Arkansas baseball people talk about this, how coaches like two-sport athletes because they're competing year-round. They're not just going through reps in practice. They're not just doing. Win. They are competing to win at something year round, and that's what Connor Nolan's been able to do playing football and baseball. Even though he has, he didn't. He only started one game football. He's getting those opportunities to play as much as possible early on in his collegiate career.
2: And it sounds like he'll be at practice on Tuesday, uh, and expects him to perhaps be at practice on friday the question to me is if you're scrimmaging on a saturday and we already know that that chad morris said if it comes down to connor nolan pitching in a regular season baseball game on a saturday or playing in the red white game he'll pitch he'll pitch instead and this was a question that was posed to me earlier uh by uh by um, uh, a friend of mine asking about well how i mean how long does a pitcher need to recover from a start you know, I mean, Connor's thrown, I think, upwards of 70 to 75 pitches in the two games he's pitched. When Once you really get going, you know, he's probably going to get up to about 100, 110 pitches, if not a little bit more. College pitchers need six days, or at least get six days. Five days is okay. Uh, four days is what you get in professional baseball. And I kind of wonder how much rest do you need after throwing the football, you know, a couple dozen times, for a scrimmage, but I don't know about as much as you would need for pitching. But that's something I'd be interested to hear from Chad Morris uh, later on, uh, once spring practice gets going. And maybe we get a little bit ahead of ourselves a little bit. But hey, this is exactly what they asked for when they when you recruited Connor Nolan to come join Arkansas, and of course that was under a different coaching staff. Uh, and and Dave Van Horn did the same. I think they understood and knew that this would be not a problem, not necessarily an issue but just something that you had to tackle head-on and, and work together with. So it does seem like that's exactly what they're doing. And you're right, too, Ben Chad. He sounds like a guy who really enjoys baseball. I haven't heard him talk about basketball too much, but I think he's a bit of a baseball guy. Uh, it's funny you, make, you bring up Mike Neighbors. I sometimes feel like Mike and I talk a little bit more about the baseball team than we even do about the women's basketball team really? off of the off the air. I mean, obviously, on the air, we're talking just about women's basketball. But on off the air, uh, he's asking me what's going on with the team and, and things that I think about it. So, uh, yeah, you know, Mike is definitely – and, hey, I mean, he's from Greenwood. He went to school at Arkansas. He is an Arkansas Razorback fan, no matter what the program is, no matter what the sport is. And you get the sense Chad Morris has a little bit of the same. All right, so then there's – it's not the elephant in the room, uh, but it is an interesting thing that was brought up yesterday about T.J. Hammonds. And and Hammonds never really got to the point where ever anybody was satisfied with how much he was being utilized or underutilized, uh, it seemed. Of course, he had plenty of injuries uh, that kept him off the field, maybe some relationship issues with coaches. Uh, but you never really got a chance to see T.J. Hammonds uh, be a guy that t- could be featured uh, for this team. And maybe his size is a part of that, but now it won't even be the case. T.J. Hammonds is not with the program and no real explanation given by
1: Chad Morris. Our running backs, all of them are back. Raheem Boyd will not be a part of, um, of spring. Um, T.J. Hammonds is not uh, on the team. Bob pressed him on it a little
3: bit. He asked him a few follow-up questions, and Chad just kept, Avoiding it, which he's allowed to do. That's his right. Like, he doesn't have to necessarily explain what's happened with a player. Now, based on, like, I feel like Bob or Tom or one of these guys or girls is going to find out what happened just because we have some decent journalists in the state that'll do their research, do some digging. But yeah, it was kind of interesting that there wasn't really a solid explanation given for why TJ Hammonds is no longer with the program. And I think, I think it's just like, I, you know, it could be one of those things where TJ Hammonds is completely kicked off the team, done for good. But it sounds like, based off the wording Chad Morris used, that he has a chance to come back, but he's just not with the team right now.
2: You know what it sounded to me, and I don't mean any disrespect by saying this, but in the you know, as I as I work in women's basketball, uh, sometimes you'll you'll see one of the better players on an opponent isn't playing or hasn't played all year, and you'll look for reasons why online. And you're never given the full reason because the reason is that she's pregnant. And, they, you know, they don't say that. They're not going to come out and say it. Uh, it's not, you know, I don't, who knows what's up with T.J. Hammonds? Obviously, he's not pregnant, but um, just not with a program. And no real answer given moving forward. We knew Rakeem Boyd would be out for the spring because of the shoulder injury. Uh, So uh, that's that's definitely one negative because I think you'd expect Boyd to get a bulk of the carries, but now you're left with what do you have right there in the running back room? Really just three running backs that will be available for practice. Chase Hayden, Debwell Whaley, and uh, Jordan Curtis, who has moved from a different position. So where last year you really didn't even have a full set of offensive lines, offensive lineman and now you do um thank goodness uh. you don't yeah no kidding no kidding now you don't have a full set of running backs for for spring practice or for the spring game so uh i don't know if it's a six and one half dozen the other but i think you'd like to have four or five running backs right now you just have three Boyd will be healthy for for practice in august and will be ready to go for the regular season uh but uh, i guess you would expect that it'd be a good thing if he's healthy in the spring because right now, the main, the main issue with Rakeem Boyd is not his effectiveness, it's his ability to stay on the field. And, and this does make you wonder a little bit about his ability to stay on the field moving forward. You're listening to the Halftime Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter, at PhilElsonPXP and at TIE Sports Radio. Beard ahead to Gaffert. How about a meal? Let's put a little exclamation point on it. The Hogs are moving on. Nikki, you're from Texas. Uh, Did you really mean Fayetteville's the most beautiful city that you've ever lived in?
0: I mean, I've lived in Houston and Dallas. And while those two are two great cities, for beauty, I definitely got to give it to Fayetteville.
2: Nikki, before we get into the football stuff, we talked a lot about Los Angeles traffic last week because Arkansas baseball was in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Houston traffic is just ridiculous. I would never want to live in Houston, and that's because of the traffic that you have to deal with there. You've been in the middle of it. Could you compare those two at all? Oh, it's,
0: I mean, I've, I've been in both, and they're both just incredibly terrible. I'd say L.A. is worse. Uh, but Houston at certain times of day, and then just at crazy other times of day where you're not expecting it because they, there's always terrible construction in Houston. There's always lane closures and just unforeseen uh, accidents. And so, it's it, it's so bad. I was driving back from a bar in Houston on I think it was a, a Saturday afternoon, and there was a ton of traffic, and it was just like a nice Saturday afternoon. No reason for traffic, but yeah it's one of the reasons I probably won't ever move back there
2: and one of the reasons why Fayetteville is such a pretty city for you all right so what did you see in Houston what was going on down there tell us about some of the players that you got to look at
0: yeah so we had a combine on Saturday where players could earn their spot in the camp on Sunday and that's where I was and I saw a bunch of Arkansas in-state kids come out and compete because uh, I know a lot of them participate in 7-on-7, seven seven and they'll have a, a tournament the weekend of the, of the Dallas camp. So they made it all the way down to Houston. Some of those kids really impressed me. Uh, I hadn't heard much about them before, like Cannon Turner from Arkadelphia, the quarterback. He, he was throwing pretty well on Sunday. Uh, it, it, it's tough to get a full picture of how good these guys are in, in that camp setting because uh, you can't see so many other aspects of a quarterback's game. But he was, he was a good thrower. Uh, Jackson Sanders, he's an offensive lineman. That really impressed me. Uh, he, he still got some footwork to work on, but uh, definitely held his own against some of the best defensive linemen uh, that the Houston area has to offer. And speaking of, there were two four-star b- defensive end slash defensive tackles that Arkansas is looking at, and I talked to both of them. One of them, uh, Vernon Broughton, he doesn't sound like he'll be making his way towards Arkansas for a visit, but uh Princely Human Malin, he is uh, out of Manor, Texas. He is definitely big on the Hogs because they were one of the first schools on him, and he has just been blowing up with more and more offers. So you have to watch out for Texas, and Texas ain't m there. But Arkansas definitely got their foot in the door early, and I think it could pay off for them with him. And
3: he's got a great name. Princely. I mean, perfect. Rivals dot Rivals.com, which is at Houston for a Rivals camp, uh, talking a little recruiting. Nikki, you got to see a lot of players this weekend. One of the biggest things that came out of the press conference from Chad Morris on Monday is that Justice Hill is going to be playing football. He's going to try on this spring. Uh, you got a chance. You and Hutch got the chance to watch him a little bit in high school. What position do you think he fits in the most at the college level?
0: If he wants to be able to contribute on the field as much as possible, um, I would say he should probably um, stick with trying to make it at quarterback. Uh, I think that he has the skill set. I'm just not sure how it's going to translate at an S level. So he could definitely be a a nice addition to that room. And he's got, you know, those leadership qualities, and he's proven he can. you know, get wins in in really big games as far as Arkansas high school football goes. And it's going to be interesting because it's kind of both a tryout for him in a sense and for him to see if he is uh, even wanting to play football at such a high level um, and see if he prefers that over over basketball and just see if he can fit them both in. It's going to be interesting. I am definitely going to be keeping my eyes on him. Uh, when he starts practicing, I think, after spring break.
3: Why do you think TJ Hammonds is no longer with the program at the moment?
0: You know, I I really have no idea. I've, I've you know, been putting my ear down trying to, you know, trying to get to the, to the real source of that. Um, but, I mean, he was banged up. I guess it's just kind of tough um, when maybe he could have more opportunities to play elsewhere. Uh, but I know that he loves the school, so I think he's just going to, I don't know, see what's going on maybe elsewhere in the meantime. And Chad, Chad was really vague about it, said he doesn't know if he'll end up playing somewhere else. So that, to me, signals that either he'll play at Arkansas or he'll just be a student here, perhaps.
2: Okay, so this weekend there's going to be some uh, some visitors because spring practice is beginning. And now uh, the dead period finally comes to a close. Thank goodness, right? So I guess Nick Starkle will be there. I thought I saw somebody on Twitter yesterday actually fill out an entire offensive lineup of players that are coming to visit the Hill this weekend. Am I right about that?
0: So this weekend will be smaller than March 9th. That is March 9th. the weekend with, I mean, multiple four-stars at at every position coming to visit. So that's going to be a really big weekend. But this weekend is still huge because uh, Nick Starkell is coming and he uh, also has a trip planned to FSU, but I have a feeling if he really, really likes Arkansas and everything seems to be a good fit that he'll just end up here. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed. I know Ty has, but he's just been giving hints out the wazoo on all his social media and even Arkansas players that I don't think you know, have a big connection to him uh, historically have been calling him, you know, like, my boy, stuff like that. Uh, So I I think he could end up, you know, just calling it after the visit this weekend.
2: Well, I mean, that's kind of exciting. I think, I mean, if if you look at where the quarterback position was last year compared to where it could be for the next season if Nick Starkle joins – and it's not that he's, you know, a Heisman Trophy candidate or anything, but he's already played in some SEC games. We know Ben Hicks has had success in this offense, albeit at a, at a, at a lower level. I, it, to me, it, it looks like quarterback is no longer, at least not as big of a weakness as it was before. And offensive line also, the fact that you've got a full set of offensive linemen at spring practice is just gigantic for this team. Yeah, I was
0: looking at that offensive uh, projected kind of too deep for how they'll go in practice. And it looks pretty good. Uh, they're still keeping the guys with more experience at this level uh, with the ones, you know, right now and working the JUCO guys in and some of the uh, true freshmen from, or now redshirt freshmen from last year in, into, uh, you know, the ones and twos. And I'm sure that's going to change a lot. So that's just kind of a working thing. Uh, but that how much progress the offensive line can make uh, between now and uh, the end of last season and beginning of fall camp is going to be a big deal, uh, just to get everybody playing better and on the same page on the offense.
3: Our guest is Nikki Chavanel. She covers Arkansas football for Rivals.com. Nikki, uh, switching over to basketball tonight, Arkansas gets the Kentucky Wildcats. They've won three straight. They look like they could get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament yet the line's only around like 17 in favor of Kentucky would you bet your life savings that Kentucky is able to cover tonight (laughs) how
2: much life savings did you have right how old is you
3: you
0: know that's not that much money I think I would do it (laughs) um but then I, I just I don't know I I'm betting then they'll go and bite me in the butt and win or something crazy but uh no, I, I fully expect Kentucky to win tonight, uh, and that's going to put Arkansas in another really tough spot. I mean, the A&M game pretty much sealed the deal for them.
2: Nikki, I, I want to get your opinion on this, because we, Ty and I were kicking this around. I've se- I've noticed this for the last couple of months. You can tell that there's an open line of communication between Dave Van Horn's office and Chad Morris's offense, uh, office, the way that they're uh, communicating about how to utilize Connor Nolan. I don't get that sense, at least not yet, between Mike Anderson and Chad Morris. And I think if Justice Hill is going to play both sports, they've got to figure out a way to do that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's just all kind of tentative right now. And when you're talking about a scholarship that uh, means so much to both teams right now, uh, I think Chad Morris just wants to see how good Justice Hill is, and you got to get everybody uh, on the same page, and either he will or he won't once he starts practicing.
2: All right, Nikki, good stuff. Great to talk to you as always. Have a great rest of the week. Enjoy uh, the recruits coming up on campus and the end of the dead period, and we'll talk about it next week.
0: Thanks, Bill. See you guys.
2: Subscribe to hit that line on iTunes. You're listening to the Halftime Pod. Blood running through Daryl Macon's veins. The Razorbacks win it 71-70. to 70. Well, let's get back to some of the stuff Chad Morris was talking about. And, you know, one of the reasons that will be interesting about the, the whole Connor Nolan situation is because he's going to be going up against a quarterback in Ben Hicks that has experience in the college game, experience in Chad Morris's offense, more experience in, in the Morris Craddock offense mm-hmm. than Connor Nolan does, uh, and and Chad Morris yesterday talked about what Brent what Ben Hicks brings to the quarterback room as far as experience and his ability to mentor the younger QBs.
1: He's brought a lot to their. To their table as well, as far as teaching them on the different looks and the reads and what we're expecting, and so he's been a great addition uh, to helping coach. And so he's he's coaching the coaches or coaching the uh, the quarterbacks, and he's also coaching wide receivers when he's out there, and they're out there throwing on their own.
3: Think about what occurred last season in the LSU game: Raheem, Boy, Jordan, Jones, Pop. I mean, there were several times last season where it looked like not only did Ty's story looked a little confused. But it was really the entire offense that wasn't in sync. And I know you're getting new coaching staff, new sets, new plays. You have new reads and whatnot. But from from majority of the season, the offense was well out of sync. And now you have an experienced guy who's run the offense before. Chad Morris knows what he's getting in Ben Hicks. And as you mentioned, Phil, he's not just helping the offense. He's helping the wide receivers. And what he can do also, I don't know how much of a mentor and a leader he is, but he can help develop and help along the other quarterbacks that are in this system right now that are eventually going to be the leaders of this football team.
2: This is all before Nick Starkle even steps on campus for a visit, which uh, is uh, March 1st, isn't Mm -hmm. it? He's supposed to be visiting Arkansas March 1st, which is the day that spring practice begins. This weekend, right? That's right. So then you would add another quarterback with uh, more experience into that quarterback room, which I don't think anybody would argue would be a bad thing. It's just like the idea of Actually having a full two strings of offensive linemen finally in that room. Boy, you just knew going into last season things weren't going to be very good when sometimes there were, what, seven or eight offensive linemen available during Mm -hmm. practice before the regular season starts. You got plenty of offensive linemen, so uh, O-line coach Dustin Fry has got to be pleased at least with the numbers, if nothing
1: else. Offensive line depth. Um, I know Coach Fry has probably said a little bit about that, but you know I think we've had one week since we've been here to where we had ten offensive linemen at a practice that were on scholarship, and so. To be able to come in and, and to know that we've got uh, an opportunity to promote and demote on the spot uh, from an offensive line standpoint will, will help us, creates competition, uh, which is what we have to have.
3: Think about this year alone, Phil, in terms of the best quarterbacks in college football. Tua tonga great offensive line. Trevor Lawrence, great offensive line. Kyler Murray, incredible offensive line for Oklahoma. As much as as talented as these guys are individually – and as athletic and as many plays as they make, they would not be where they're at without an offensive line. And I'm not Ty, I'm not saying Ty's story last year would have been just an incredible football player if he had better protection. But my goodness, he could have gotten some help up front. He was getting creamed like Austin Allen back in the day. Like it just crushed over and over. 2012 Tyler Wilson, if you remember that, just, was just a pulverized play after play with no offensive line in front of him. That's going to be a big factor moving forward. They did a great job recruiting defensive line on this year's recruiting on this year's recruiting 2019. Now you're hoping you can develop some of these offensive linemen to help out this offense because it is a kind of a quick pass offense, chuck and duck, and then you have the running. But he, Chad Morris knows, Phil, that he's not going to be able to get anything going without a strong offensive front with a push.
2: Well, and now you actually have—you you heard him say you can you can promote and demote right there on the spot. So there's an accountability on the offensive line in practice that you didn't have before, mm-hmm. and and that goes to the idea that we'll close on here that Coach Moore has talked about. You got to earn what you get, which includes your Razorback logo and your Razorback clothes in the locker room. And all that. Sometimes I hear the idea when coaches are talking about you got to earn this, you got to earn that. It just comes off as platitudes. But it does seem like that's been one of the main messages since you got into the new year that you're going to earn your logo and go from there.
3: And also, the coaching staff was also part of it. It'd be different if he just completely separated the players and said, You have to do this. It was on you last year. No, Chad Morris and the coaching staff, they were even sporting the gray sweatshirts as
1: well. Coming back and, and earning the logo. So many people uh, have worked so hard to get and to wear and uh, to be so prideful in. From coaches to trainers, to water girls, water guys, equipment staff, everybody. Everybody took the approach on. And, and, and to watch these guys earn it back. And to see guys like Cam Curl and Scooter tweeting out of, hey, make sure everybody comes to breakfast because we get points. Uh, and those points will get us earnest gear back. And so again, the accountability that encompasses with the earn everything mentality.
3: roam one building a day, Phil. It's a process. You gotta trust it.
2: Took a couple of centuries to build Rome. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't take that long to rebuild Arkansas football. Like the halftime pod? Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast at hitthatline.com.